Well, good morning, everybody here in person as we gather as a church family, and good morning to everybody who's watching the online stream as well. I am excited to share with you a good friend of mine, Pastor Tahan King. So can we just give it up for Pastor King this morning? How are you guys doing? Hello, how are you? Now, before he jumps in and, and shares a powerful word with us this morning, uh, I joked with some, some of you guys talking this morning that you guys get an upgrade on the message, and so Pastor King's <laughs> going to bring it. And so, uh, so you know, you're going to show the respect and enthusiasm that you haven't shown me. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding about that. Just kidding. But let me just share a little bit, too, that um, Pastor King and I kept bumping into each other at different church planting lunches and events. And so uh, those that might not know this, that we did not start this church just by ourselves, but rather through a network that's entitled Vision Arizona. And then the larger network is called Converge. Well, in this local network, um, at one of the lunches, I met Pastor King. And you guys had started in a hotel hotel, ballroom, right? yes. We started in the Doubletree Hotel before I ever found out about Vision Arizona. <laughs> and so they started and realized, too, like, man, let's, let's find some other people who were in this with right, us. Right. And so they jumped in with Vision Arizona. I actually just recently was even at a church planning 201 training with, with Pastor King and his team. And so we've just really created a great friendship. And they, like us, haven't been able to meet for the last six months. Right. Yeah, you guys, the first crowd of people I've seen since March. <laughs> Tired of talking to a yep. camera. Not to yeah. <laughs> and so their church, Christ Culture Church, uh, let me just ask you, why, why did you guys name the church Christ Culture Church? Well, one of the revelations the guy gave to me was, if we could focus on the culture of Christ, we could appreciate every other culture. So Christ's culture is a dominant culture, therefore we can appreciate black culture, Asian culture, white culture. And once we focus on his culture, we can blend it together because our church is a multicultural, intergenerational church. That's the focus point. So as long as we keep Christ's view and his culture above every other culture, we'll be okay. I love that. I love that. And now you guys have not been meeting, but next Sunday yes. you get to meet again, but in a new location, new just location. like we switched. So can you share with them where you guys are going to be meeting? Well, we were in Tempe for our first year and a half, and now God is like, hey, you've been living in the East Valley, you're living, so we're going to Gilbert, and we're going into Campo Verde High School. We'll go back, we go back November 1st, first service. I'm still trying to I want to see who's going to show up, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're excited about it. November 1st, Campo Verde High School in Gilbert, Arizona. So not only are we going back, but we're actually changing the whole city. So it, it's a little, you know, trust God. <laughs> so we're trusting God. So here's what I'd like for us to do. Yeah, we can clap for that. That's good. We're excited for them. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor King, but before we do that, can I pray for Christ Culture Church Definitely. and you guys regathering next week? Definitely. So let's pray together. Dear God, just thank you for Pastor King. God, I, I'm just so grateful that Tahan can be here with his family and, and that as brothers in Christ and fellow church planners, God, that we can be in different cities, different locations, different ways of doing church, but God, we are praying to you the same God and that we are one church and that we are one culture and that Christ culture, God. And so I love their heartbeat. I love their vision. I love their mission. And so God, as they regather in a new community, in a new location next Sunday, we just pray just an outpouring of your blessing and spirit 
in their church and in their community, God, that you will bring new people out that will hear the gospel and respond today. I also pray for our Mission Grow family that we are ready and willing to hear the word that Pastor King has for us. And may we just respond to your word as we learn to continue to hear your voice, God. So we lift up Christ Culture Church, we lift up Pastor King, and we lift up this valley to know you as Lord and Savior. And to your sons, let me pray. Amen. One more time, let's give it up for Pastor King. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Mission Grove. Thank you, Pastor John and the family and my wife and daughters who come to help support me. My son has the work, so go to work. <laughs> but I'm um, just happy that you, he's asked me to come and to speak. You know, um, I tell people all the time, uh, I've been blessed with the gift and the curse. I grew up in churches where it was never, it was always church plants. That's the gift. The curse is it was a church plant. <laughs> you didn't have the full staff. You didn't have, pay. we worked like we got paid, but we didn't get paid, you know, and that's the beauty of it. But in that respect, also I've come from, I grew up in an urban background and now I'm in a suburban and I like to blend. I, I'm able to blend. So I think that's the way God provided the vision of Christ Culture Church, understanding how cultures work and understanding that if we could take the gospel, the real gospel, not the gospel that we manufacture, but if we take the gospel from the word of God, it, it unites, it doesn't divide. Amen? Amen. So if you would go with me here, let me get this thing together. It's been a while before I've been before people here. Usually I'm just in front of a camera and I can say, let's start over. But we can't do that now. <laughs> well, you know, I figure I'd tell some jokes when we're on the stage here. Uh, but if you would open your Bibles to Luke 5, Luke 5, starting at verse 1, Luke 5. And Pastor John, he, when he asked me to speak, he was like, you can speak on whatever you want. And I was like, no, my, my pedigree is, what are you speaking to your people about? Uh, and if you're speaking to your people about something, that's what I'm going to speak to them about. And so um, I'm a walker. I move around a lot. I don't sit still. I'm a little energetic. I used to play football, a lot of way to go. But uh, so it's like, <laughs> and in a quarantine, I think I'm going to start a quarantine 15. I got to lose the 15 pounds from the quarantine, man. It wasn't like I was small already. Now I gain more weight with the quarantine. But uh, Luke chapter five. So when he told me uh, whisper, hearing the voice of God, and I was sitting back, I was like, it's like a frequency. You have to tune into the frequency that God is speaking and when God is speaking, if you're not tuned in and you're distracted by other things, you won't hear God speak. As believers, we make it very difficult to hear God's voice when God's made it plain and he's made it simple. His word, the word of God is how he speaks. Does he speak through prayer? Yes. Does he speak through revelation? Yes. Does he speak through conversation? Yes. But it all comes back to the word of God. The way we know we have a revelation is because it comes back to us through the word of God. In the conversation, it comes back to us through the word of God. In prayer, it comes back to us through the word of God. So that's how God speaks. That's how you can hear it. But a lot of times we don't tune in because we're distracted. So if you would go with me to Luke 5, I'll read. It says, one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got, into, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. 
Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. That's a big point. Because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that it began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Some translations, you become fishers of men, right? So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. When I was growing up, you know, I'm not old, but I'm not super young. I'm on that other end. I'm on the other end of 40 now, right? But when I was growing up, the TV actually used to go off. You remember that? At night, you know, the, the eagle would come and fly the American flag, and then the it would go off. And so uh, when me and my brother would go to sleep, we didn't, go to, we didn't watch TV to go to sleep. We would listen to the radio. And if the radio, it had to be in a certain frequency to make sure you got the station that you wanted, right? And so we would go to sleep to sounds. You know, back then they would blend hip-hop and rock and everything on one station. It wasn't separated. And we would hear all the songs. And I was thinking about this, how we had to make sure that it was at the right dial to get what we needed. It's the same thing in this gospel. God needs you at the right dial to turn into him. That means he needs you submitted to actually hear his voice. He needs you submitted to actually turn in to see what he's trying to get out of you. See, the thing about Jesus is this. He wants you to receive him as his savior, and now you're saved, but it doesn't end there. That's just the beginning. That's the most important part. We're saving, we're going to heaven, but it's just the beginning part. Now, how do we impact others to come to him, and how do we impact others in this life that we live? As we look at this passage, they're fishermen, they're professional fishermen, and here Jesus is a carpenter <laughs> telling me to go back out. Like, what are you talking about, Jesus? You know, first of all, when we look at the history, they look for a rabbi in that time to come by and say, follow me. So when you read the passage, you look at it and you say, why they just follow Jesus? Well, they done that because it was an honor for them to be asked to follow a rabbi. Now, Jesus wasn't a rabbi, but they heard him teaching at the shore, so they knew he knew what he was talking about. So when he came and said, follow me, they were willing to follow him. But when he said, remember, they're washing the nets. He, he encounters them. He's, they're washing their nets. They're done. They've already packing it in. And Jesus comes and he encounters them. And he says, hey, push back out. A whole nother sermon, but he picked Simon's boat. He could have picked anybody else's boat, but he picked Simon's boat. He could have picked anyone else's life, but he picked your life. He could have picked anyone else, but he picked you to, to receive him as a savior. He could have picked anyone else, but he saved you from some things that you couldn't save yourself from. He could have picked anyone else. So you got to understand that this thing is an honor. This thing is an honor to walk before the Savior. This thing is an honor to, to be saved uh, and to be pulled out of the darkness. This is an honor, and you must walk with that honor. Now, we know we're not perfect. We know we have struggles because Simon had struggles, as we know, if we go through the Scripture, you know that he wasn't perfect, but God 
kept working that in his life because he had to tune in to his frequency. Let me look at my notes here. <laughs> look, so many of us are looking for direction in life, but clear direction comes from how well we listen. Clear directions come from how well we listen. I'll give you a word picture. Husband, on a Sunday, watching a football game, watching the Packers, the greatest team ever, right? <laughs> watching the Packers, right? And he's, <laughs> he's watching the football game, and the wife comes, and she says, take out the trash. And, or she comes, and she's talking about something that he's really not interested in hearing right now. Why? Because he's watching the football game. But he hears her, but he doesn't hear her. He hears her, but he doesn't. She says, did you hear what I said? Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, 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 uh-huh, uh-huh. So then she goes away, and she comes back, and the trash is still there, or whatever she was talking about is still there. It hasn't happened. And she said, I thought you said you heard me. I heard you, but, but, but I'll do it. So what I'm saying is how well you listen is how you'll get the directions. You have to be tuned into the same frequency. Right now, his frequency is touchdowns. His frequency is Aaron Rodgers. Don't throw interception like last week. His frequency, his frequency is this, and her frequency is on something else. She's talking. They're in the same presence with one another. They're in the same living with one another, but they're on two different frequencies. You can sit in the house of God and be on a whole other frequency than what God is asking and be on a whole other thing what God is saying. He says for you to forgive, but you're still harboring anger in your heart. He's saying for you to love, but you're still trying to convince yourself why you don't want to love this person. You're on a whole other. So to hear the voice of God means you have to be submitted to his scripture. You have to be submitted to his Holy Spirit. And now you will hear him and say, I hear you clearly now, Lord. I've been fighting you, but I don't know why, because you always win. But somehow we still fight. Right. So here it is. When you trust the one giving the directions, you will follow even when, it, when you don't understand it. When you trust the one giving directions, you will follow when you don't even understand it. Years ago, my son auditioned for The Voice. And he, uh, we drove to Colorado just to spur the moment. I'm like, let's just do it. I've never driven to Colorado. Let's just do it. You know, I got this Google Maps, right? And we're driving, and it's starting to get real dark out there. And I'm listening to, I gave her a name. I was like, Agatha, where are we going? Right? And so she would say, and then when you get off direction, she would say, rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. Why? Because I have to be on the same frequency as the directions. And so we finally get to the point, but I trusted everything that she was saying because I didn't know what I was doing. You must come to the realization you don't know what you're doing if God doesn't guide you. You must come to the realization you don't have it all together if God doesn't give it together. You may have your man plan together. You may have your, your life plan together. You may have all these things together, but if God's not in it, it doesn't matter. It's just like Paul says, it's all dumb. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We could do it all a perfect way, but it's a reason we're all here on this earth, and God has a reason for us. God has a reason for you. You don't have to be up here preaching like me, but you could be the best neighbor on that block. You could be the best teacher in your school. You could be the best policeman in your community. You could be the best person working in, in, in government. You could be the best person working in the church. You could be volunteering and giving. Why? Because now what's happening, you're switching your frequency to God's frequency. And it's not about what you want. It's what God wants out of you. The same way the men were fishing, they listened to God, even though you didn't, naturally, I don't know if you know what you're talking about, man. I'm a professional fisherman. I'm already washing my nets. I've already packed it in. We've been out here all night. Now... He tells me to go back out in the day. They're planning to go back out later that night. But nevertheless, see, see how it tunes in? It's like the radio. Nevertheless, what you say. Nevertheless, 
your will, God. Nevertheless, I'm tuning in to what you're asking me. Nevertheless, and I can hear that. How do I hear that? Why? Because I've taken time to go into the scriptures. I've taken time to listen to my pastor. I've taken time to have conversation with believers that's more seasoned than me. I've taken time to go in prayer. I've taken time to look at it through God's eye view and not my own eye view. Amen or oh my. <laughs> so here it is. Destiny is linked to decisions. Decisions are linked to the voice you listen to. We serve a God that's come to correct us. We, come to, we serve a God that comes to course correct us. Just like those directions, it would give me a course correction if I was going in the wrong direction. So destiny is linked to decisions. Decisions is linked to the voice you listen to. Their destiny changed because they listened to the Savior's voice. Your destiny has changed and is changing in different situations because you're listening to the Savior's voice. Peter... By him being willing to listen to Jesus changed the lives of other people. By him willing to listen to the voice of Jesus changed the lives of others. Something so simple as going fishing. Here it is. He says, cast your nets. Drop your nets. The, the, King, the King James Version says net, right? So you hear the preachers. What happens is Jesus says, cast out your nets. The King James Version says net. And they'll say, well, he listened. But if he would have put more nets out, he might have been able to handle it. I've heard that many times, right? But the key point is he listened and he dropped his net and it started to break. This is not in, the, not in my message. But if you pay attention and go and read after Jesus has risen from the dead and after he's walking on the shore and they're out fishing again, they don't know what to do. And he says, cast the net. The net doesn't break. Why? Because he's been made whole by following Jesus. At this time, it shows him that he doesn't have the capacity to pull the things yet. But once he changes his direction, and once he gets in the frequency of Jesus, even when he's trying to go in the wrong direction, God will come and address you and tell you to cast your net. And when you pull it, it won't break. You'll be able to hold what you think you couldn't hold. Why? Because you got into his frequency and you heard his voice, and now you can walk in the direction that he's asking you to go in. Even when you don't think you can hold it, you can hold it. Even when you don't think you can do it, you can do it. Even when you don't think you have enough capacity to love. Even when you don't think you have enough, like, I'm done with this. I can't handle this. I've had family members that struggle with drug addiction. And you, and you take the time with them. And you think they got it. And then it's like, I can't do it anymore. And God says, no, you have more capacity than you think. That is the key. That is the key. One of the things we look at in verse 5, he calls Jesus master. He calls Jesus master in verse 5. He says, Master, we've been out all night, but nevertheless, I do it at your will. By the time we get to verse 9, he's now Lord. He's master in verse 5, but in verse 9, he's now Lord. How did that happen? Why? By him listening, God shows him a revelation of what can happen. So I, I, I received just what you're saying initially, but now you revealed yourself to me. Now that you revealed yourself to me, my whole view of you changes. I grew up in church. My, I always say I was a drug baby. I was drugged to church, right? Grandma didn't play. Grandma, it was one of those things. If she goes to church, everybody goes to church that's in her house. And so it wasn't no option. Like, I don't feel like a day. That's that new age stuff. I don't understand it. You see, they hear it. I just, I, you know, it's like, so it's like uh, we, we would have to go to church. And I knew who Jesus was because I was introduced. But it's just like you trying to date somebody. Your friend could try to hook you up, but you got to take it from there. <laughs> right? It's like, so she introduced me to Jesus, but at some point in my life, after I made bad decisions and after I went to a different direction, I learned to change my frequency and learn how to hear his voice. And he pulled me in. Now, the thing about God, when he wants you, he wants you. So you could go through some hard things or you could go through some good things. I prefer to go through some good things to hear his voice. I don't want to have to go through no more, no more hard things to hear his voice. 
But I had to go through some hard things to hear his voice. I had to come to realization with that same grandmother sitting with me at a table after I had been arrested. She said, who are you? I don't know who you are. And I said, what do you mean? She said, you're not the grandson I helped raise. You're making some decisions. At this time, I'm like 19 or 20 years old. She says, you're making some decisions. That you're not the one that I, I raised. At that point, the revelation through her voice of the God that I had learned about started to become real. And I said, no, nah, I got to make some changes in my life. And from that direct, I changed my direction and I started walking in the direction with the Lord. Why? Because I had to switch my frequency and I heard his voice through her voice. Some of you are ignoring the voice of the people that's talking to you. And God is the one that's speaking through them because they're giving you his word. Let me make sure I don't run out of time here. <laughs> I'll skip some stuff here. Let's get to our main three points. Main three points. How is God speaking? He's speaking through and according to his word. Through and according to his word. Everything that he says is going to be through and according to his word. Love the neighbor as you love thyself. Through and according to his word. Forgive those that despitefully use you through and according to his word. You could go look through that. His word is the defining thing. His word are those that was tuned into his frequency. His word are men and women that went through a battle and learned how to listen to God. And they pinned it and they put it together. And, it, and this is how we must hear his voice through and according to his word. Everything I need is in his word. Every time I need to hear God's voice, I get into his word. Every time I need clarity, I get into his word. Every time I need clarity, I pray God's word. See, God is commanded to respond to his word. I was taught, don't just speak good things, but learn how to speak God's things. What do I mean by that? Good things can say, yes, brother, I love you. But understanding that when I say I love you, I'm speaking from what God has asked me in the scripture. And with an intent in my heart, when I speak that, I learn how to hear God's voice every time he speaks up. So when things don't feel well to me, when things don't feel good to me, who do I tune into? I tune into God because who am I going to lean on? Am I going to lean on my own understanding or am I going to lean on the Holy Spirit's understanding? That's what we ought to understand. So through and according to his word. So you want to hear God's voice, you're going to hear it through his word. Peter heard it through his word. He wasn't actually reading the scriptures, but he was standing with the one that we read about in the scriptures and he heard it through his word. He went from Lord to master. He went from fishers uh, for, for fishing to fishers of men. His destiny changed. He picked his boat. He could have picked anybody else's boat. Jesus is slick, man. He did everything intentional. We must learn how to do intentional. He picked them intentionally. He went there and seen him. He knew who he wanted and he picked his boat. The second thing, since we know we get it through and according to his word, we must have a daily discipline in God's word. A daily discipline in God's word is vital. I know sometimes we fall off. I know sometimes we don't stick to it. And it's not like it's legalistic that you better, you know. I'm just saying when you get a daily discipline, it helps your day go better. Would you agree? When you sit in God's word, it helps your day go better. It gives you clarity to things that you may face. And it's like, you know what? You are a liar, Satan. I can see it already. Uh, I read it today. You know, I prayed about it today. God revealed it. So here it is. A daily discipline in God's word. This is vital and requires a true effort. Uh, to stay tuned in to his frequency. To stay tuned into his frequency, it, it takes a true effort to do that. So we got to get a daily devotion. It's easy now. You can get on your phone app. <laughs> Back in the day, you used to have that daily bread. <laughs> and you got to go through the daily bread. Right? I remember my grandmother would sit up early in the morning and she'd go through her devotional and I'd be looking and she'd say, you're going to have to read it too. And then I got to read it. <laughs> right? And then, so a daily discipline in God's word is how we are able to hear God's voice clearer. And then what you have to do, once you know that it comes to his word, once you have got a daily discipline, 
You must listen to his voice and his voice only. See, it's a lot of voices going on inside of here. Media, news, friends, family, own emotions, own thoughts. But once we understand that God is trying to get me to walk in the destiny that he has for me, one of the things is we receive Jesus as our Savior. And this is what I always tell my church. He died for our salvation, but he lived to be our example. He died for our salvation, but he lived to be our example. How did he walk? How did he operate? What did he do? Did he live intentional? Let us live intentional. He encountered those that were unfavorable. Let us encounter those that's unfavorable. He, he, he pointed out truth. Let us point out truth. When people were dividing people, he spoke into that. These are the things that he done. So he didn't only come to give us life, which was the main thing, but we could look at him as an example on how he lived. So we got to learn how to quiet all the other voices. Sometimes God is trying to speak to us through his scripture. He's trying to speak to us in prayer, and we're arguing with the thing that we're asking for because we want to stand in our own will. Like, I don't know if that's God. It's like, okay, let me see. Let's go to the scripture. It sounds like God to me. No, no, no. Because we want to stand on our own when what Peter did here, he didn't try to stand on his own. He was the professional. In Jesus' natural life, he was a carpenter. Like, he could have been like, Jesus, you're going to make tables and let me keep doing this fishing. You do your thing. <laughs> you're going to make, I need some cabinets, I'll call you. But right now, let me do my thing. No, he listened. And he turned his frequency to hear God. I want to encourage us today. Turn our frequency to hear God's word. Tune in to what he's asking us. Tune in to the thing that he's trying to pull out of you now. Your salvation is the key. When you know you're saved and you know you're going to heaven, you don't just walk around knowing other people are going to hell. You want to help somebody else get to heaven. What does that look like? It looks different for everyone else. Someone may be the best greeter in the world, and the way that you greet when people come helps them get pulled in to the ministry to want to get saved. You think you got to be a preacher. You think you got You don't have to do that. God will show you in that frequency what it is for you. On your campuses in school, you could be the person that doesn't have to do everything else. I was one of those guys that they all knew I went to church, but I don't live like I went to church. Don't be that person. It'll be like, you go to church? Then they'd be like, oh, I kind of could see that. I kind of could see it. Right? I, I kind of could see it because I would be the guy that would go to the party, but I wouldn't drink. But I'm at the party. Right? And, and, but you want to learn how to not just blend in. You want to learn how to stand out for God. And I'm not talking about being a Bible thumper and walk around and do. No, tune into its frequency and understand I don't do this. And they say, why? I don't do this because I'm saved. I don't do this because God has asked me to do something greater. So I just wanted to come and encourage you today. Tune in. Through his word is how you'll hear him. Daily discipline in his word and quiet all the other voices, man. We, on our social media, we get fed everything we want to get fed. Take time to watch documentaries to teach you how they feed you. Everything you want to get fed. We're getting fed all these things and those voices start sounding louder than God's voice. But when you're in that daily discipline, God's voice starts sounding really loud and you can see everything for what it, did it, what it really is. And you can stand in his word. And now you can stop being a regular fisherman and start being fishers of man. I just want to thank you guys for taking this time to listen to the word of God. But I want to pray for us because we could go months and be tuned in. And then we could go months and not be tuned in. We could go days and be tuned in. Then we could go days and not be tuned in. This is life. Life is, this walk is like a roller coaster. It's like, ooh, you're going to highs, then you're going to lows, then you're going to turns. But as long as you got Jesus in there with you, you're going to be okay. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you right now, Father.
We thank you for your word. We thank you for the direction that you're providing us, Lord. As we look to the examples in the scripture, Peter, who you use to lead your disciples, by him making a decision, he guided others to follow him and to make a decision to follow the Savior. Let us make a decision. As we in here have made, made that decision, some may have not made that decision, but this is their time to make that decision. If they ask, ask you to come into their life, ask you to recognize that they are a sinner and for you to come into their life, Lord, that they are saved. That's what the scripture tells us in Romans 10, 9. Lord, we come right before you today and say, order our steps, Lord, for the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. We can look at those steps as decisions for the decisions of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. For the decisions are guided by your word. For the decisions are guided by your voice. In the still small voices where we can hear you. Sometimes we got to quiet the earthquake. Sometimes we got to quiet the storm. Sometimes we got to quiet all those things. And we have to sit still to hear your word and hear what you're saying to us, God. Speak to our heart. Speak to our minds. That we will let go and let God happen in us today, Father. So we just thank you for this time. I pray if there's someone that's accepting you as their Savior, pull them in right now, Father. Pull them in right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.